This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 72. So I have to tell you a little more about Ava. As you probably already know, Ava is the first ever healthy eating assistant that helps you and your family learn about healthy lifestyle and nutrition. So you can ask Ava anything and this is all via text. So it's super cool. You can also do it on their website, but it's easiest via text. So that's the way I've been using Ava. So you can text Ava photos of your food. You can ask Ava what you should eat for healthy meals. You can ask her all sorts of questions like what should I order at a restaurant or how much protein should I have with this meal? You can ask, hey, what should I have for lunch? What I love about this though, is that Ava answers you back and then she follows up with you. So she will follow up and she'll say like, Hey, what'd you have for lunch? Send me a picture or Hey, the next morning she'll be like, Hey, what'd you have for breakfast? How's it going? She checks in with you. So this is like a little accountability partner. I think the biggest challenge with nutrition and making changes in nutrition is the accountability. Like it's easy to hide in your kitchen and eat in secret, right? raise your hand if you've ever done that. One of my roommates actually called me out on that once. He's like, you realize that you have this corner that you eat in the kitchen. And he's like, it's as if you think that the food that you eat there doesn't matter. And he wasn't like, it wasn't like a shaming thing at all. We were totally laughing about it because he's like, I'll come home and you're just like in the corner eating. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally do that. So we all have these little comfort things around food. And sometimes it takes someone else or maybe a service to break us out of those habits or even just realize that we have them. So Ava is great if you are trying to change your habits with food or improve your habits around food and nutrition, she will ask you what you're eating. She will check in with you periodically. So helpful for that accountability piece. So if you're looking for more accountability with your nutrition, you'll want to text shameless to 48799 and that will give you free access to Ava. So as soon as you text shameless to 48799, Ava will reply and get you started on your healthier tracked eating, making healthier choices for your family. She can even get your kids involved with making healthier choices. So text shameless to 48799 to get started with Ava today. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. 
I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day. Because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hello, shameless moms. I am delighted to be diving into this topic today. This is a really fun topic for me because it's something that I've dealt with over the course of my life and it's gotten so much better with time. So I can't wait to talk to you about creating the confidence you crave today. I do not come from a place of always being super confident. And I certainly today have times when I'm not super confident, but I've definitely learned how to fake it till I make it. And that is a big key in all of this, I think. And I think that sometimes we underestimate the power of faking it till you make it. And you know, some people would say like that you shouldn't do that, but here's my thing. If you fake it till you make it, you fake it till you become it. And I think that there's a lot of situations where something might be really uncomfortable or really challenging or overwhelming where you think that like the only way to get through this is to go through this. Like I can't go around it. I can't go over it. I can't go under it. You just have to go through, right? And you can go through in a way that is like awkward and uncomfortable and painful for you and painful for other people. Or you can go through in a way where you're just like, this is me going through this and everyone else can suck it. <laughs> I mean, you know, that might not always be the totally appropriate attitude, but like, this is just me going through this and this is how I'm gonna go through it and just totally owning it. And I think that's what comes with confidence is that you are more able to go through things and through things in a way that where you're just like, this is me going through this rather than going through things in a really awkward or uncomfortable way that is painful for you and painful for others or going around under above things like trying to like skirt issues or skirt around things because you don't have the confidence or you don't think you have the strength or the power to actually go through the middle of something and really like meet it head on. So I think this is a really cool conversation and I'm excited to talk about it because it definitely is something that I've thought about a lot over time. You know, people ask me about podcasting and like, why do you want to do that? And why do you want to get into that? And isn't that scary? And yes, in some ways, in some ways, not even a little bit scary. So if you would have told me that I was going to be doing this years ago, I would have like peed my pants because I'm not someone who came from a place of loving to be in front of an audience. I'm the kind of person growing up and even as a young adult that if I was in a crowd speaking, I would think like, oh my gosh, I sound so nervous and I hear my voice shaking and that would make me more nervous and make my voice shake even more. And that would be super uncomfortable for me. I did not like that. I was also the kind of person who, if I spoke in a crowd, would want to memorize everything word for word and practice it like a million times in advance. Now I know that like I can do that that's not really my strength. My strength is more like not making it up as I go, but like having a general outline and like filling it in as I go. I'm better at kind of some of the like ad living and those kinds of things. So, okay, when it comes to creating the confidence you crave, you really have to consider a number of different things here. So I'm gonna kind of break it down and you can think about what these different details mean to you and which ones are maybe most applicable to you because there might be things or capacities in your life where you are already very confident and you present yourself in a very confident way. And then there's probably other areas of your life where you're not confident at all and you are super uncomfortable and that might make you really awkward and feel very insecure. And that's very normal. And, you know, a great example would be like someone who can be, you know, super high powered corporate person at work. And then like they go into a fitness class and they are just like completely out of their comfort zone. And like, they just want to sit in the back of the room in case they burst into tears. So such opposite extremes and confidence there. Right. But what I like about the idea of creating the confidence that you crave is that the overall messages and themes I'm going to talk about here really carry over into any area of your life. And so this might be like an overarching theme for you where you want more confidence in all areas of your life, or it might just be that like, 
you want to make your way from the back of the gym class to the front of the gym class. And you just want to really focus on the one area of your life where you can increase your confidence and really start to like crush it in a new way or a different way in that one area. So, okay, let's go ahead and get started. So the first thing about creating the confidence you crave is that you have to be the boss and own being the boss. And so in whatever the situation might be, so it might be that you are the boss in your household. And that doesn't mean you might not have, you know, you might have a co-boss, your partner, that's fine too but really take ownership over that role at work, be the boss of your job. So that doesn't mean that there, you know, there's probably some people over you. There might be some people under you in your roles, but really being the boss and like owning what you do, taking pride in it and not letting people trample on you. Like even if you have a lot of people telling you what to do and you're in a position where, you know, maybe you have middle management directing a lot of your actions, that doesn't mean that you can't stand up for yourself and do the right thing. And, you know, take a lot of pride in your work and really, be a strong contributing member of the bigger picture, the bigger corporation or the bigger business, and not just be like a little peon who, you know, a minion, I guess would be the right word, just walking around doing what they're told to do because they're told to do it and not ever taking a stand on things or doing their work with a lot of pride or really like making their mark. I think that so much of what that can be all about is making your mark, leaving your mark, like leave a legacy wherever you go and don't be afraid to do that. So, you know, I don't care if you're a barista, believe an amazing legacy is like the best barista ever. And if you're a CEO, leave an amazing legacy of being the best CEO ever. It's like that can be in any capacity, no matter what your role is in a workplace, same thing in a family. If you are the person who makes the coffee in your household and that's your job, do it with pride and do it really well and be the best person in your house that does that. And if you're the person in your house that like writes all the checks, be the person who does that and do it well and do it with pride. And so it's like whatever your role is, really do it in a way that you are proud of because if you do it in a way that you're proud of and that you take ownership over that role and you really own that role, then other people will see you in a certain way and you will start behaving differently. So the thing about like, you know, I had the opportunity to take a leadership role in a job a few years ago actually a long time ago, like, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. In my mind, it was like three years ago. So a really long time ago, I got to have this leadership role. And when I did that, I remember that thinking that like, I probably got that role because I had taken a lot of ownership in my previous role. This position was created for me at my job because I had taken a lot of ownership in the role that I had had prior and not because I expected anything out of that, but just because I wanted to do a really good job. And so I did things outside of work that would impact my work. I like went home and worked on extra projects to like make sure that the work that I did at work really spoke to who I was and really allowed me to work to my highest level of performance. So I'm not saying that like you always have to like, you know, go way above and beyond at work, but the things that I did do stood out to other people and they allowed me to get into this special position that was created. It was like a special position created just for me and one other person. And it was because of the way that we took ownership in our roles and how impactful that was in the larger situation of that. It was a hospital environment, but how we worked with our patients in our environment that really allowed us to shine because we took ownership over our roles and because we were the boss of our roles. So like people knew when I was working, like this was what was going to happen. And people knew that like, this is how, you know, if when I got to be in a lead position, people knew what to expect and they knew things were going to shake out a certain way. So I owned that. And the more I saw people expecting that of me, the more I did that and fulfilled that to an even greater extent. And so a lot of times it is like when we see people responding to us in a certain way, a lot of times we react accordingly. So if we see people seeing us as insecure and awkward, we keep being insecure and awkward because we're like, oh, well, this is what they expect. Like it would be weird now if I just all of a sudden was like super confident, right? No, like, so yes, we think that way, but like, let's get out of that thinking. 
let's progress beyond that. And sometimes that means practicing in different environments. So if you find yourself, if you're someone who's like maybe really quiet and timid at work or quiet and timid in a group exercise environment, you might have to practice in other environments, like really finding your voice and using your voice. And then you can practice in those areas of your life that are more challenging. And I know that that for sure is what I did. I started in much smaller ways before I worked on my confidence in much bigger and broad ways. And so it took me, you know, years of practicing that I practiced when I started in fitness, it was years of working with one-on-one clients and being an authority figure to them, which helped me build a lot of confidence as a trainer before I started doing things with large groups. And then when I started doing things with large groups, it was like totally a fake it till you make it like, Oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? And I remember when I first started teaching spinning classes, originally it was in this tiny little environment with like, you know, six, people would be in a spin class in this tiny little studio where I would teach once a week. Once I got comfortable with that, I moved to a new gym and sometimes these classes would have like 30 people and I needed to have a microphone. And I remember when the woman told me the owner of the gym said, you need to wear a headset and a mic. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, what if I'm loud? Or like, I thought that I would be like too intrusive. And then I realized, and you guys have probably heard me talk about this before, but like I got that mic on and I was like, oh my God, like never mind. What if I'm loud? Like, please, Lord, let me be loud. Like, I am Sarah, hear me roar. This was, it was amazing. I loved being on that mic. So it took me some practice though in different environments to work up to like, okay, now I'm going to be on a mic in front of 30 people. And then, you know, years later now I can be on a stage in front of hundreds of people. And like, and I love that. That feels like power to me. And that feels like, that's like the epitome of confidence to me. That's super, super exciting. And that's not to say there's not a few nerves, but it took practicing in different environments and it took really stepping out of like, for me, I'm someone who I don't practice confidence in front of people who are really close to me very well at all sometimes. So an example would be taking piano lessons growing up. I never wanted anyone home when I was practicing. Like I only wanted to practice by myself. And when I record podcasts, I don't want anyone at home. I don't want my husband hearing what I'm saying. If he has to edit something for me, like occasionally he'll be working on something on my website because he's a web designer. And so an episode will be, he'll like end up playing an episode. And if it comes on and I'm in the room, I'm like, oh my God, I have to leave. So like the people that are really close to me, that's not my sweet spot for practicing confidence. That's just my own insecurity. So, and I know that, but I can practice confidence on a much broader scale. Most people are just the opposite where like, I can be super confident with my family, not so much with like the rest of the universe or not to the same extent. So it depends on the nature of you. And you have to kind of notice that and acknowledge that and then move forward with that knowledge in terms of knowing where you need to get a little more uncomfortable. So the other piece of that, when you're the boss, you need to say yes to what matters and say no to what does not matter. And you have to get really clear on what matters and what does not matter. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that I say yes to, but there's also a lot of things I say no to because I'm the boss, right? And so I have to have these boundaries around those things. And when I say no to certain things, it allows me to more clearly define the things that I'm going to say yes for. It means that I'm leaving space for the things that I really want. So, you know, there's a great example is that I have the opportunity to do these talks with new moms in Seattle. And I used to say yes to all of them because it's, first of all, it's super fun. It's these women who just had babies and it's like, oh, I get to have baby cuddles and talk with these new moms. And I love talking with new moms. So this is like right up my alley in terms of just like fun and passion. And then I would go and talk to them about fitness and getting back in shape after having a baby. But now 80% of the time I say no when I'm invited to do that because it only makes sense for me in certain capacities. It only makes sense for me on certain days. It only makes sense for me if it doesn't interfere with certain things. And so I have to be really careful with that. So my rule is, and this is not my own words. I have heard this from other people, but I want you to write it down and use it all the time. 
If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So when I look at something, when I get an offer to go do a speaking engagement, I look at that and I say like, okay, is this significant or not for me? And if it's not something that I can do, then I'm happy to refer someone else that like would be a great fit. I know other people who are great fits for many, many opportunities like that. And so I will definitely refer appropriate people to those opportunities. But I also, I'm just really careful, like, okay, if this is not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. Like I can't say yes to everything because every time I say yes to one thing, I'm saying no to a whole bunch of other things. So if I say yes to a speaking engagement, what's the impact on 
the podcast? What's the impact on the gym? What's the impact on my family? What's the impact on my self-care time? It impacts a whole bunch of things. And so I have to make sure it's really, really worth it. And if it's something that I just want to do because I'm passionate about it, sometimes I do that and sometimes I don't. It kind of just depends on how it impacts all those other things. But I'm very aware that like I'm the boss of this. And so no one's going to guilt me into it. No one can make me do it just because they want it or they think I would be the best fit. It's about like, what do I think about that? And how does it impact my life? Because I'm the boss of my life. So next is practice being the you that you want to be in new situations. So practice being the you you want to be. That takes some time. And like I said, it might not be something that you can do in every situation, but check yourself when you find yourself cowering or saying no to something just because you're fearful of it because that's not a good reason to say no, then check yourself and say like, why am I saying no to this? Why am I not doing this? Why is this uncomfortable? Do I need to do this because it's an opportunity to practice being the person I want to be? Because we have to do a lot of things to practice being the person that you want to be. And then through practicing those things, then you start becoming that person. So when I first left, I worked at a gym here in Seattle where I was able to get a whole bunch of personal training clients and it was great. When I left that gym, those personal train clients that I had, almost all of them followed me, like 29 out of 30 followed me. It was amazing. It was like so flattering. And I was so excited and honored to have so many people follow me in that my next adventure into the next place I was working. But what happened over time is that I needed to build more clientele. I needed to get more people to come in to see me. And I was in this little tiny studio environment where I didn't have exposure to a lot of potential training clients. And I had to figure out how to get new people in front of me and how I could get them in as one-on-one training clients. And so I joined this small business group where every Tuesday morning, and I did this for seven years, by the way, every Tuesday morning, I would go to this meeting and I had to stand up and talk about my business and say like, I'm Sarah Dean. I'm a personal trainer. Here's what I do. Here's my specialty. Here's how I can help you. Let me know if you know anyone who needs my help. And I had to do this every single week. So after a few weeks, it was totally not a big deal. The first few weeks, it was like, oh my God, oh my God. And it was a big group of people, like, you know, 20 people or so, 20 to 30 people, which at that time to me was a very big group. And I would get very nervous and I would wait for it to be my turn to talk and just be like, oh my God, oh my God, I have to talk. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. I'm so nervous and like shaky. But what happened in practicing that over and over and over is that I got way more comfortable and it was very easy. And so, you know, initially I was like, hey, I'm Sarah, like super timid and I'm a trainer, you know, whatever. Like I'm sure whatever I said was like not very descriptive and I'm sure I did not sell myself well at all. But by the end I was like, hey, I'm Sarah. Here's what I do. Here's how I help people. Here's how I can serve you. Like super confident. I totally had it dialed in in terms of what I could do, how I could serve people, how I could make an impact on other people, how I'd already done that in so many ways with other people and women, especially that I knew I could positively impact so many more women. And so it was very easy for me to sell my services just by talking about my past experience and talking about how I had already impacted so many women's lives. So that confidence grew and grew and grew as I stood up every single week and talked about myself in that capacity as a personal trainer, as a fitness professional, as a business owner. That was huge for me. So uncomfortable initially, but like it was the thing that had to be done to move me forward. And that was a really, really big piece of my business growing as it did is that I did get very comfortable presenting myself in a certain way and presenting myself as a business owner and like the CEO of my business and presenting myself as a fitness professional, not just a trainer. Because for a long time I was like, well, I'm just a trainer and this is, you know, and I work with people one-on-one and it got to the point that I had a big enough following that it was like, no, I'm not just a trainer because now I'm running this huge business of training and training is part of what I do, but it's gotten a lot bigger than that. And so I started taking a lot more ownership for that because what I was doing was as a fitness professional was actually bigger and much more profound than what I was doing as a personal trainer. And that took some coaching with other people for them to help me kind of 
put that all together to realize like, no, I'm not just a personal trainer. Not that there's anything wrong if you're just a personal trainer, but it got to be bigger than that. And I, that title had to evolve for me and my role in that had to evolve for sure. So next is don't blend in. Be known for who you are. It's okay to stand for something. It's okay to know what you stand for. It's okay to be vocal about what you stand for. That can be very uncomfortable for people, but that's how you start attracting like-minded people. So if you want to practice being confident, take a stand. Or if you want to practice being confident, and it doesn't even have to be like taking a stand. It could even just be like being supportive in a, you know, in a different environment, but stand up and be like, yes, I'll help you with that. How can I serve you? How can I help you? That kind of an attitude will allow people to see you in a new light and allow people to see you standing strong and standing independently. And then again, you get back to that thing of like, how are they seeing me? And how am I acting in a new way now? Because how people are seeing me stand tall, stand proud, stand courageously. So that is very, very powerful. Additionally, you need to practice new things as often as possible. And in practicing new things, I mean, the great thing about practicing new things, and especially if you're doing it in a new environment, which I highly recommend, is that you can be whoever you want to be. So, you know, if you go to a hot yoga class for the first time, and you don't know anyone, it's like, who cares? Who cares if it's horrible and you have to lay on the floor the whole entire time? You could even be laying on the floor crying the whole time. If you don't know anyone, like whatever, no big deal. And even if you do know some people, I know that that is much more daunting. But even if you do know some people, practicing those new things is so, so important. It's nice to do those kinds of things sometimes when you don't know people because there's no expectations and you can really just let the experience be what it is. So I encourage you to try. If you're someone who feels really timid in certain environments, go to a place where you're not going to see other people that you know. Like don't go to the hot yoga studio that's in your neighborhood. Go a few neighborhoods over and just try it out there where you can be there anonymously you're not going to run into a neighbor or someone from work or someone from your kid's school where you can just go and be you and like check it out in that capacity. And then when you go to something closer to your house, then you can be more like, okay, I've already done this. I'm not quite so nervous. And I think that that's really important too, that it can be kind of like different levels, different steps that you take as you're working through this progression. And you'll find that your confidence grows every time you practice something new. So that's so, so important. And then in those situations, practice using your voice, raise your hand, ask questions, speak out. That's all really important too. The more you do that, the more you build your confidence in doing that. And the more, again, people see you as being someone who is strong and loud and proud and not in an obnoxious way, but <laughs> someone who really like knows what they want and goes for it. That's really powerful. Don't be afraid to be that person who does ask the questions, who does make the statements. I'm like, I have to hold myself back now when I'm at different events because I want to like interrupt people talking all the time to like make my point. I mean, this happened the other night. I had someone doing a talk at my gym for a group of women and I wanted to like interrupt multiple times to say like, oh yeah. And like, and add on to what she was saying, like, oh yeah. And this point too, and blah, blah, blah. And I had to like hold myself back because I've practiced so much like engaging in every situation and making myself seen and heard in order to help move myself forward, that now it's come super naturally to the point that I have to hold myself back. And that comes from like going to events and making myself stand up in those uncomfortable situations to say, hey, I have a question or to make an introduction, to go up to someone after an event and say, hey, I followed you for a long time and I just love your work. Like that is the most awkward, uncomfortable thing to do. But doing that over and over again, it's like I could walk up to anyone now and be like, hey, I mean, like when I met Stacey London and I was just like, oh, my God, you're amazing and blah, blah, blah. Like I was a little bit nervous because I was talking to her about something kind of emotional. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go back to my episode on finding greatness where I talk about meeting Stacey London at an event recently. But 
now it's like, I feel like I can meet new people and talk to people who, you know, who are superstars essentially. And that doesn't have to be this like totally daunting thing. So I recognize at the end of the day, like we all put our pants on one leg at a time, right? Is that how the saying goes? But also I know that I have practiced talking to people that I don't know and that I don't necessarily have anything in common with for long enough now that like I can strike up a conversation with anyone for at least a few minutes and make it go somewhere. <laughs> and even if it's just striking a conversation to say like, Hey, I really love your work and giving someone a compliment. Like that's a great way to connect with people. And it's a great way for you to build confidence in your ability to make those connections. I think that's so important. And actually I even practice this when I'm out in public cause I'm such a nerd about this stuff. So I'll practice when I'm out in public. Like if I see someone wearing something I really like, I'll be like, Oh, Hey, I really like your shoes or I really like your sweater or whatever. And this actually happened recently. This woman, was walking in front of me somewhere and I was like, Oh, I love your sweater. That's so cool. And she's like, Oh, I got it at anthropology. I literally like, I was down at anthropology's three days later buying it. And so those kinds of things, it's funny. how Like sometimes it's just that uncomfortable little step out of your comfort zone, but then it like ends up impacting your life. Like I went and got the sweaters and it's such a cool sweater. I love it. So yeah. So practicing your voice really does matter. And a great place to start practicing this is on social media. I'm not saying be super obnoxious about it, but just like posting opinions or posting a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to get involved and I don't want to take a side. And that's not what social media is for. Actually, it's a great place to, it doesn't have to be like, here's who I'm voting for in the next election. Cause I know that's definitely some people, some things that people don't want to get involved with, but it could be like, Hey, here's my new favorite song. Or what do you think about this song versus this song? Or what do you think like peanut butter, crunchy or creamy? Like just start a conversation. And social media is a great place to kind of experiment with finding your voice and doing it in different ways. And so it can be like posting an article and posting like your opinion on the article or those kinds of things. Sometimes for certain personality types, that's more comfortable than a face-to-face like practicing being really bold and forward and conversational with someone. So, you know, do what's appropriate for you. And then make what matters to you truly matter. So when you start doing this, you start seeing what really matters to you. When you start approaching people, you start having a much better understanding for what really matters to you in your life and where you want to go and the direction you want to go and how you want to be seen, how you want to be heard. That becomes so much more powerful. Okay, so let's take a quick ad break and then we're going to talk about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is sponsored by Ava, the first ever adaptive eating program. Ava helps you and your family learn about nutrition and how to live a healthier lifestyle. Track what you eat by snapping a picture with your phone, ask Ava any nutrition question, and get personalized meal recommendations. You can try it now for free by texting SHAMELESS to 48799. Okay, so getting comfortable being uncomfortable maybe one of my favorite things to talk about. I have to give credit to Deb, one of my awesome, awesome members a number of years ago. This was her biggest takeaway. So this is something I've said for a long time at my gym, like get comfortable being uncomfortable. So when you're in the middle of a workout, like, yes, it's uncomfortable. Just be cool with that. Be like, yep, this is the part that's really uncomfortable. This is the part that sucks. I hate it, but I'm doing it. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm going to make it. I'm going to survive it. I'm going to get to the end. I'm going to be proud of it. And so Deb was a new member years ago. And at the end of like, I don't know, three weeks or something, she was like, I think I'm finally getting it. And I was like, getting what? She's like, what you said about being comfortable, being uncomfortable. She's like, that's everything in this, like being uncomfortable, being comfortable, being uncomfortable in our environment was like trying new foods, eating in different patterns, different habits around food, eating at different times, removing certain foods, adding in new foods, working out, working out at new times, like getting up early to work out or working out after work, like all these things that were uncomfortable. And just getting comfortable with like, 
I'm going to try a whole bunch of new things in the next few weeks and let's just see how it goes. And that was a game changer for Deb. And it's crazy because now I see her doing things and I'm jealous because as I watch her on Facebook doing, taking off on these like awesome, amazing world adventures, traveling around, doing really cool things with people who I tremendously admire. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Deb being comfortable, being uncomfortable. I love it. It's so awesome. And I don't know that she's even uncomfortable anymore, but I feel like that was like a launching pad for her to take these other bigger steps in her life. And I see that all the time. It's seriously, it can be as small as starting with just going to work out in a new and different environment. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. So I already gave the example for me with public speaking, like talking in front of the small business group every week, totally uncomfortable initially. And I just had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable to be like, okay, I'm going to stand up and do this again. And I'm going to stand up and do it again. And every week it was uncomfortable. And I just faked it every week. It was a total fake it till you make it fake it till you become it. Eventually I became it. And then I became like one of the superstars of the group. I was like the biggest referrer in the group. I had multiple roles in leadership in the group. And like, I was the, one of the longest standing members of the group for quite a while. Like all sorts of things came out of just showing up and being uncomfortable and being cool with that week after week after week for seven years. Another way you can get comfortable being uncomfortable is so looking for these little opportunities, like public speaking in different environments. It might be in a small business group. It might be at a work capacity at your work, depending on your work environment. It might just be even at home, like noticing that your kids talk to you in a certain way that you are just dismissive of and standing up and being like, no, you do not talk to me like that. That is not okay. Maybe they've been talking to you like this for 13, 14, 15 years, but just getting really uncomfortable with like, no, you may not talk to me like that anymore. And it might not be comfortable. You might be like, oh my God, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know what's going to happen here. 
but just doing that, like, again, knowing what matters to you and wanting to be seen in a certain capacity in your home, I think is really, really important. And the more your kids see you in that capacity, the more you will be in that capacity. I was someone who did not see my mom. I mean, I saw her as a caretaker for sure. I did not see her as a super strong authority figure. Like if I got in trouble for something, I was like, oh, whatever, I can sweet talk my way out of it. And which I basically always did. So you talk my way out of it. And so I know that I'm really aware of like, I want Vinny to know that I'm an authority figure and not be able to sweet talk his way out of things. Like what I say goes. And so that doesn't mean that I'm not going to like also be like caring and like loving toward him. But it also means like I want authority in our house to look a certain way because I saw when I was a teenager how challenging it became for my mom once the precedent had been set it became more and more challenging for her to manage the relationships in our household because of my attitude about authority in our household and she tried really hard and I made it really hard on her so bless my mother's heart so another thing you can do when you're trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable is volunteering for something you've never done before so one of my coworkers, an old coworker of mine in a different job I was talking to her a couple months ago and she was saying that she and her husband I think her husband does this every week but she had gone with him recently and they go down to One of the biggest homeless areas in Seattle, which is like notoriously known for drugs and sometimes violence. And it's just like a very sad, depressed homeless situation in Seattle is pretty dire right now. And this is kind of like the worst of the worst of it is in this one particular area. And so her husband every week goes with the Union Gospel Mission and they ride around and they just like check in with people who are homeless and they check in and like, do you need anything? How are you doing? Do you want a cup of soup? Do you need a blanket? Those kinds of things. And so she was had was telling me about going with her husband and how the different people she encountered and all. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, like talk about stepping out of your comfort zone and like trying something new that will build a tremendous amount of confidence. Because when you do things like that, when you step out of your comfort zone to do something like that, where you're like, you don't know what way this is going to go and you don't know how you're going to be received. And you know, in a situation like that, you really don't know how you're going to be received. Like some people want help and some people really don't want help and they do not want you anywhere near them. Like screw you and your blanket and your soup. And so you just don't know how you're going to be received. And so to step out like that, I think is a huge confidence builder because you get to go and hopefully you're going to touch some lives and impact some lives, but there's certainly no guarantees of that. So it's like, that's a character building experience and character building experiences definitely build confidence in a huge, huge way. The other thing you can do is host an event. So being a host of things, again, puts you in that position of like, this is what I want to provide for you. And this is like, let's all do this together. And this is me owning something, which is different than like, who all wants to go to dinner? Well, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know where you want to go. And like that whole thing. No, just be like, hey guys, let's get together and do this and let's go here. Like then people are like, oh, cool. Like she knows what she wants. She's a person who knows what she wants. Like we don't have time sometimes for people who don't know what they want. So like own what you want and go for what you want. You know, host the event that you want to have. There's this big Facebook post or article that I've seen going around about like, oh, it's about dinner parties. And I can't remember the title of it now, but it's like, hosting a dinner party without cleaning your house and just having it be like, here is my crappy dinner party (laughs) and having it just be like, show up at my house. My house will not be cleaned and my dinner will not be awesome. And just everyone brings something to eat. No one cares what it is because the idea is like, let's just all come together and hang out and not worry about all these other pretenses. And I love that idea, like host something and then own it. Like don't apologize when you host something. Don't be like, well, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't vacuum for you and I didn't do this and I didn't do that. Like, don't do that. Just say like, thank you for coming to my thing. I'm so excited that you're here. This is what I have planned. This is what we're going to do. This is going to be great. I'm so happy to connect with you. I'm so happy to spend time with you. All those things. Don't apologize for any of the other stuff ever, unless like 
something harmful happens to someone, then you might need to make an apology. But I don't think that will be the situation. The other piece of this is signing up for different events. So aside from volunteering, just signing up for something like a 5K or a triathlon or a relay or a long distance bike ride between Seattle and Portland. We have the Seattle to Portland bike ride every summer in July. So there's all these different things that you can sign up for. Okay, so here's the thing about these. Oh, and I was also going to say, try new classes, new exercise classes. So like if you're someone who always goes running, try out yoga. Oh my God, it will be ridiculously humbling. I can say as a runner who tried out yoga after only running for years and years and years, and then I started doing hot yoga. This was in my twenties, but it was quite humbling. Try out boxing. Oh my gosh. If you want to build confidence, boxing is awesome for that. Try out CrossFit. Like you might be terrified going in, but everything they do is scalable. Just make sure you're going to a reputable place because some CrossFit gyms are more reputable than others. So, and I mean, that would go for yoga studios and boxing as well. So just make sure you're going to a place that has a good reputation for their knowledge base and their technique with training. So trying out those new classes or doing signing up for some sort of physical event, those are such great ways to prove confidence to yourself because what happens when you do those things is when you complete them, you start seeing yourself in a totally different light. So I've talked about when I ran my first half marathon, like seeing myself as an athlete after that experience changed how I saw myself in so many other capacities. When you see yourself as physically strong or physically able in a way you did not know you had in you, it totally changes how you behave and the choices that you make in other areas of your life. It is so powerful. So I can't say enough things about like, I don't care if you don't exercise at all right now, like just setting a goal for like, I'm going to do a 5k or I'm going to do yoga three times a week. Like it doesn't have to be crazy intense stuff, but just setting some sort of physical goal that will make you show up with your body in a physical way a few times a week for a few weeks or a few months it is so transformative. I don't care if you lose weight. I don't care if you like cross the finish line. I don't care if you're the fastest or the slowest, just showing up and seeing change over time as you get stronger and physically more capable will totally change your life. So I could go on and on about that. I could do a whole episode about that. I'll leave it at that for now. So when you get more confident, here's the benefits. When you get more confident, you will go for the things you really want. So you'll go for that promotion or you'll take other leaps in your life. And even if you don't get them right away, eventually you will start getting the things that you're going for. So there might be some failures. There might be some things that, you know, where you don't make the cut or you don't get exactly the thing that you desired at the end. But if you keep doing those things, and it's a snowball effect. So like once you try one or two things, you'll be more motivated to try a couple more things because you'll see how that went. You'll see that you were actually able, even if you didn't get the end goal completely, you'll see that you were able to endure the experience and then you'll want to try more things. So you can keep moving in that direction and eventually you will start getting the things and then you'll go for bigger things. So that just snowballs and gets bigger and bigger and bigger, which hugely impacts your quality of life. So the more confident you are, the more you upgrade your quality of life. You will go for bigger things. You will get bigger things. You will get better things. There will be upgrades in all aspects of your life in terms of what you go after physically, what you go after professionally, what you go after in your personal life, how you take care of yourself in terms of self-care. Like there will just be tons of upgrades. Like you'll start getting massages and on a regular basis, instead of thinking it's something that you should do like once a year as a special treat. Doesn't that sound lovely? So, and then also when you start becoming more confident, you'll get what you actually want. How fun and exciting is that? When you go after the things you want, you start getting the things that you want. We oftentimes just get paralyzed and we sit with things that we 
are comfortable with, even though they are not things that we adore, because it's just easy to sit with what's known. It's easier to stick with the known than to go after the unknown, because that's scary and that makes you vulnerable and you don't know how it's going to work out, right? But the thing is, you'll never actually get what you want unless you go for what you want. So don't be tempted or seduced by complacency and by the option and the opportunity to just sit and do nothing because there's plenty of people out there that sit and do nothing. You're not that kind of person. Like, don't be average. You don't want your kid to think you're average. You want your kid to think you're a freaking superstar. Like you're the person who goes after the promotion. You're the person who goes after what you want. You're the person that sets goals that are uncomfortable because at the end of the day, isn't that what you want your kids doing? Right? So show up in a way that inspires your kids to show up in that same way in life. Right? Also, when you start changing your reality and perspective for the better, those changes become permanent. So that insecure, uncomfortable speaker that I was when I first joined that small business group many, many years ago, at the beginning of my seven year stretch with them, I was this quiet little voice that was uncomfortable standing up. Once I changed that reality and my perspective with that situation over the course of seven years, I changed it permanently. Like I'm never going to go back to that place in that environment and be that quiet, soft-spoken, timid, shy, scared person again. I'm only going to continue to move up to bigger platforms, bigger audiences, bigger stages, right? So when you change your reality and your perspective for the better, it's a permanent change. It keeps building from there. So that's a really cool thing too, that you can look back and you can say like, wow, I just keep getting better. (laughs) It's not just like, oh, I'm a little bit better now, but now I'm going to go back and be worse. Like, no, you're going to just keep getting better. And then lastly, when you're more confident, you'll show your kids how to be brave and bold and courageous. And I think that's so significant. I know that you all have heard me talking about Vinny. We've talked about swimming and full immersion swimming with him, which was a big ordeal last year. This year we've dealt with ballet, like being brave, bold, and courageous, not so much as jam. (laughs) I'm not going to lie but we're practicing it and he sees me practicing it. And we talk about being brave and we talk about courage and we talk about all those things so that now, like, you know, he got done with his last ballet class, even though I had him stop the series early, but, and you can listen to that in episode 71, but at the end of his last class, we're in the car and I was like, you know, what did you do today in class? And he was like, I was brave. So it's so powerful for your kids to see you being brave and to see you taking risks and for you to be confident about those things. Say, I'm just going to try this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to try. And then they will do that in their lives too. And they will see that as the norm, which is very powerful. So, all right. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you learned something. If this episode was powerful to you, please do share it. You can find this episode and our show notes over at shamelessmom.com. This is episode 72. You can also find it over on the Shameless Mom Academy on Instagram and Facebook. And you can share from any of those places. So you can get a link from our website over at shamelessmom.com or you can share from our social media pages if you'd like to share this episode with other people who you think might want to be a little more brave, bold, and courageous in their life. So please do share this episode. And then lastly, I would love a review. If you can head over to shamelessmom.com forward slash review and leave a review for me, that is going to let you leave a review right in iTunes. There'll be a little button at shamelessmom.com forward slash review where you can click write a review. If you do it from your phone, it's super, super easy. And then once you do that, iTunes gets that review of the podcast and that is my ratings. So when you guys leave reviews, that's my ratings for the show. That's how I get more highly ranked, how we get more listeners, how the show continues to grow and expand and allows me to do bigger, better, bolder things with you guys. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your reviews. I read every single one and I'm so grateful for all of them. And I really, really value this time that we spend together. So even though I'm sitting in my office by myself recording, I do always really, really feel like I'm with you 
while I'm recording and I'm with you while I'm thinking through the content that I'm going to discuss. So know that no matter where you are today, listening to this, that I'm with you. And also no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. <laughs>